Welcome to Women in Confidence for this week's episode. And I'm joined this week by Izzy Friend, who's coming all the way from Cornwall. Now, Izzy and I first contacted each other. I reached out to Izzy back in May this year because we are both in the same Facebook group. And Izzy had written a post about the shadow and an existential kink and all this. And I was like, oh, this sounds so interesting. So I reached out to Izzy and we took a bit of time to get here, but we are finally at a recording and Izzy's going to tell me all about what she's been up to and tell you, of course, about what she's been up to over the last few months and how her work and her life seems to have changed since I last spoke to her. So I'm as excited, hopefully, <laughs> as you are um, to listen to what Izzy's got to say to us. So Izzy, hello and welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm um I'm so excited to share so much with you. I, know, I am so. And we haven't had a real chat before we, I pressed record because I said to Izzy, don't tell me everything because I really want to be as curious now <laughs> when I'm recording to find out what's happened since I last spoke to you in May. So I can't wait. So I'm going to strap myself in. But I'm also, Izzy, I'm just going to let you do all the talking and you can just tell okay. me all about what's been going on. But what... I really want to hear from you, and this is how I start all my podcasts, is what does having confidence mean to you? Having confidence to me, oh, it could be so many things. I think the core of it is owning who I am, the bits that I try and hide maybe, the bits that are a bit more out there, that I'm too loud, I'm too quiet, just the full version of me. If you had, If we had done this recording back in May I would have had a completely different answer the last couple of months have been such a roller coaster but to be able to say like that owning like just owning me is incredible well we're going to find out what's happened but let's just go straight into it so I reached out to you because you wrote a post in this Facebook group about the existential kink and this is about no I'm going to read the title so it's unmask your shadow and embrace your power and it's by it's a book by dr caroline elliott so tell yeah. me what's made you pick up that book because i often think things happen for reason and you're guided to things so what made you pick up that book so i was recommended this book at the beginning of this year so i ordered it and i didn't read it normally if i order a book i will have my nose in it and i will not stop reading it until like I'm done and I have been known to read a book like twice like I get so engrossed so I ordered it because someone said you know it's such an amazing book but it's just like it almost arrived and I literally just like I've got a, <laughs> a room that's just full of junk and I kind of just threw it in there and I sometimes go in and sort a bit out or you know there's things that I need and I kept looking at it I'm running away but there was still this huge pull towards it and I could not understand it and one day I was sorting loads of books out and I really nearly threw it away because I was like, well, if I haven't read it, why would I? And then I was like, no, there is something in like there is something about this book. But for whatever reason, like now isn't the right time. And then I I don't know what caused me to read it one day. Something happened. Oh, I think something somewhere, who knows where, came up about shadow work. And I was like, well, oh, I don't know much about this, but I haven't been there. Let's see where I get taken to like let's see what it's about because people say it's like really dark and it's really awful and like you have to be so strong scale I'm like oh that's not me not me and then there's something said about shadow work and I was like oh I've got this book and actually I kind of look back at it 
And on the front, it says about your shadow. I feel that that is what just almost propelled the book. <laughs> it was like, no, I can't go there yet. And then I read it. And that is a book that I read twice. Because every time you read a book, you get something different from it. And it really just gripped me. So for anyone who doesn't know about shadow work, and this is very much my perception of it, but it's the parts of us that we like hide away or the parts of us that we don't own because we're told that we're too loud, we're too quiet, we're too this, we're too that. You know, the list is the list is long. I mean, that has taken me down another kind of journey as well, but also the things in other people that trigger us. So why is it there are some people that just trigger the hell out of you? I kind of get drawn to those people. Whereas I know a lot of people are like, I just don't want to be friends with them. You know, they trigger me or they're too loud. And I'm like, but why if we, you know, everyone says that we're equal in this. Why is it that some people I really connect to and then other people literally trigger the shit out of me? <laughs> like, what is that saying about me? And why do I live in the same, like, cycles and patterns and habits? Because there's things that we all do that we, I don't know, are frowned upon. Or you, like, kick yourself, like, oh, I've done it again. Like, why did I let that person say that to me? Or why has this happened like this again and again? And I was like, so it actually, for me, went back to, like, dating. So people were like, Izzy, you always date the same kind of person. And I was like, yeah, I do. And they're like, you can do better than that. And it very quickly goes to that person is like this so friends relationships he is so like this he is and we project it on the other person always and I was like I'm the common denominator here I'm going to put my hands up I'm going to take full responsibility I am the common denominator in all of these friendships in all of these relationships in literally everything in my life so why am I blaming everyone else what is it in me that is attracted to those things so I started to, yeah, peel it back. And that peeling back is your shadow in a way. And your shadow, so many of us hide it because it's been frowned upon. It can be embarrassing. It brings up all sorts of shame in you, guilt in you, those icky feelings that people don't want to know about. You know, it's easier to put a plaster on something than it is to fully heal it. And yeah, the more that I started to look through these things, I was like, whoa, my sh like my shadow's trying to protect me. It's trying to keep me safe, but it kind of isn't anymore. Like, it's mm -hmm. beginning to irritate me, actually. <laughs> like, come on. But we need our shadow to see the light. Like, it's, it's, it's human. It's part of us. It's... We all have it. For some reason, we all feel the shame about it. And I think of it a little bit like, I don't know, on a really, really hot day, you need the shadow or the shade to like protect you, but you don't want to be there the whole time. But, you know, some flowers, I don't know, they need the sunshine, but they need the shade. Like you need both. We are just so obsessed with the... Uh, Let's make everything happy, you know, self-love, which is turning into the words that I really don't like. Like, 
yeah, like I said earlier, just embracing that dark side of you, mm. which actually when you go there, it's not as dark as you maybe perceive it would be. And do you mind sharing when you had read this book twice? Yeah. What, what were your shadows? Was there anything of surprise? Oh, I wasn't even aware of that. I think I was aware of them, but I didn't want to own them. It was at what I noticed like almost instantaneously was I would project my shadow onto someone else. There are, there are so many. There are so many. What are the kind of big ones that have come up? How I could be quite judgmental. And then I turn that round and I'm like, I have spent my life judging myself. Or, I mean, things, one that makes me, like, I guess kind of sums that up in a way is I've been told I'm too loud. I've been told I'm too quiet. And I'm like, that's a very confusing place to be because it's like you then go to like, well, should I be loud? Should I be quiet? And it's, you then kind of look at it as, well, that's someone else's projection of, is he's a really loud person because they're quite a quiet person? Whereas actually if someone's really loud, I come across quite quiet. So for me, it was like, well, in whatever situation, all I can do is be me. I've recently, or more so recently, I feel it's more of like a bit of a collective, but a bit of a shadow about being a woman and, you know, menstruating and things like that, how we are so fortunate now that things are becoming more equal, but there is or can be quite a deep-rooted shame sometimes. So I think of it with um, like adverts for tampons and things like that. It's like, here's a discreet product. Like it has to be discreet. You have rather than like, no, this is amazing that our bodies do this. And that for that, that's been really fascinating because it's connected me more to like my cycle and actually what happens and how insanely amazing our bodies are rather than before. I was like, oh, flipping hell, like, here we go. Another month, like going to feel miserable, going to feel grumpy. And even that has led to, oh, actually, okay, I'm just going to feel grumpy and I'm going to own feeling grumpy. With a lot of self-help world, I felt it's like, well, let's stop you being grumpy. Like, here is a course to stop you being grumpy. Or one course that I nearly did sign up for a couple of years ago was like how to be more confident. And it's like, well, actually, what if I'm not always confident? Like, I'm... Why do I always have to be confident if there's something inside me that actually doesn't have that confidence in that situation? Like, just own that. And then it's actually amazing that when you own that, the confidence just comes, but from such a natural place rather than this book has told me to be confident like this, (laughs) which I've never really understood, but it's felt like I've had to do because it's what a lot of society is now. So with it, I see it as more of a re-educating myself rather than a healing. And I believe with the shadow, actually, what is what makes us more whole. Or like our shadow is part of us. Like light and dark, we need both. If you face the sun, the front of you is light. The back of you is in your shadow. So it's more that re-educating myself in myself or like in us rather than someone telling me how to be. You said at the beginning when I asked you the question, what does having confidence mean to you? You said 
we'd actually recorded back in May, you'd have given me a different answer. Do you know what you would have said? I've, I've got it written down somewhere. What would I... It would have been something like... Well, I, I know 100% it would have been the answer I gave you today. It would have been more... It would have felt fake, I think. Like, looking back, I'm like, oh, that would have been such a fake answer. But I think the difference is... So when we were due to do the recording, I was unwell and felt really dizzy, fainted. And all the things that I have learned through social media, through books about, you know, how to be less anxious, how to be this, how to be that, I suddenly couldn't do. So well, I could journal, but I didn't really have the energy. Breathing exercises, cold water swimming. What else? And it's not that I don't do these things. I still do do them, but I look at them from a different angle. Getting out in the fresh air. You know, this list of do these things and you will feel like your anxiety will go away. Whereas because I felt so dizzy, I couldn't have a cold shower because I thought I was going to faint. I definitely couldn't do any breathing exercises again because I thought I was going to faint. Like I just, I went to a place that couldn't be protected anymore. And I think, and for me, that was going like deep into my shadow. And I'm really fortunate. I've worked previously with a the most amazing woman who lives um, over in America. And I was going on a retreat with her and I sent her a message saying, I can't come. Like, I, I can't imagine coming onto a retreat feeling so, feeling like I'm lying an amazing you know bunch of women there either being like oh yeah everything's great you know let's all be happy and this or going and just like breaking down and literally being on a ball like being in a ball on the ground feeling completely broken and I said to her, I, I just cannot come because that isn't me I felt so vulnerable to go and sit and cry <laughs> And then at the same time, I felt so fake going and just putting on a smile. And that's something that I had learned. And there was a bit of shame attached to you is like, you just have to be happy, like put a smile on, you know, it's such a British thing, isn't it? How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. Thanks. I'm like, that's the worst answer you can give anyone. (laughs) Yeah, I'm okay. What does that actually mean? So I sent her this voice message and she She's a bit like, I call her my like soul mum. She just kind of picked me up and I worked with her intensively for a month. And we went to like the dark, nitty gritty places. And I'd share with her oh, literally everything that was going on. She'd have like 10 voice notes a day of like, this has come up, this has come up. And there was no judgment from her. There was no, oh my God, is he so weird? I can't believe you said that. Or like, why are you getting upset over this? It was, okay, like I'm holding space for you. And having that space held, one, I felt so safe. I really felt like I could trust. And then my shadow was listened to. So then that was about a month, no, that was about six to eight weeks ago. And it's, so fascinating how life has just started I don't know it's just going in directions that I never imagined it to so I've started a new business 
since I spoke to you last, which is the biggest joy to run. It's an outdoor boot camp. I don't actually teach now. I've got others working for me. That's brought up loads with my shadow. <laughs> like all these things, the judgment that I put on myself, the disbelief that I put on myself, the shame, the guilt, the how can I be in my early 30s, like living in a house by myself, paying the bills by myself, that I've had shame attached to that because I know, you know, a lot of my friends are in relationships. They share the bills. They go to it and it's like, how can I be the one that does this? And it's, it's such an exciting thing, but I've also had the shame at the same time. Like they work together. What else has changed? Really simple things. This morning I went for a walk with the dog, normal walk in the morning, and I actually cried in happiness of like, oh my God, my life is so amazing. Like, this is just such a chilled morning. I've got up, well, I read for about an hour in bed, had a bit of breakfast, went for a really nice dog, like, walked with the dog. And I, like, it was just a kind of like a release of like, oh, okay, this is what life could be. If you said to me a year ago, you'll be walking along, you know, having a little cry that life's so great, I'd be like, no way. Like, I'd be walking crying like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? So yeah, the shifts in that has just been incredible. And I would say it all goes back to self-responsibility. In terms of that shift, explain it to me. Is it a lightening of the load? Is it created space in your head? Try, where does it come from where you're like, I've had a shift? Try and explain it. Where does, oh, that is such a good question. That shift is, I feel like a weight has been lifted, like an internal weight has been lifted. I feel lighter. I have always been quite an anxious person, and I feel that that. Well, people see that as a problem and people see it as such a negative thing and that we have to get rid of it rather than, okay, I'll get anxious. What can I do with this? Like there is so much magic in there. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have the business that the new one that I've just started if I hadn't got anxious earlier in the year. It, it genuinely would not be here. But for me, it was like a really good distraction of stuff that was going on at the time. I needed my brain to be like a bit busy. My hands needed to be busy and I love creating. So I loved building the website. I loved finding people to employ, like all the problem solving. I need a bit of that anxiety in there. That doesn't mean it can completely rule my life, but it has so much power. And I find it really, really hard when it's like, we've got this mental health pandemic and, you know, everyone's too anxious, everyone's too depressed. And I'm like, your magic is in your anxiety, in your depression, in whatever it is that you've labelled yourself as or you've been told that you've got. I feel for potentially everyone, like that is where the magic is. But it's been frowned upon. Like you can't be anxious. Like how dare, and it's like, well, okay, I wouldn't be living the life I am. (laughs) So, And that's the, the like learning to own it. And actually, when you start to own it, it doesn't take over your life. It is just part of your life. And you learn you learn how you can benefit from it, from it and the skills that you can receive from it. So you, 
Do you still suffer from anxiety? And I know there's so many different types of anxiety. So I don't want to just say anxiety and yeah. we all know what that means. But how do you still have moments when you have your sort of definition of anxiety? And then how do you cope with that? Yeah, I. it's really interesting how you say suffer from anxiety. Sorry. Oh, it's true. But this is it. This is this is what we have learned. Yeah, isn't oh it? Like, I'm so sorry. I take absolutely no offence, but as a world, we suffer from it. And this is, I think, where I'm kind of going is, why do we have to suffer from it? So another example is, I'll come back to your question in a second. When I was younger, I kept hurting my back, quite badly hurting my back, in spasm, on the floor, couldn't move type thing. And at the time, I was like, oh, this is the worst thing ever, la, la, la. I can look at it as I suffer from a bad back or I could use it as I want to learn more about myself and my back. So I did lots of Pilates and I then was like, well, I might as well go and learn to teach it because I'm such a curious person. And that's, I think, the answer to your question actually is if I do feel like a little bit off or anxious, I'm like, I just get curious about it. And that could be curiosity in terms of like, where do I feel it in my body? What is it that's triggered me? What part of me am I trying to like run from or hide from? What can I do to help myself? Is it that I haven't eaten very well in a couple of days? Is it that I actually I've spent two weeks around loads of people and I just need a couple of days of just chilling out? Like it doesn't have to be a oh my god I'm anxious like the world's gonna and that's what it's been like for years like years and years it's like I feel like such a failure I'm so anxious I feel like I'm never gonna get anywhere because I'm anxious and with my back it was exactly the same like like another day in bed because of this and I went into that like pity party because I didn't know any different and then I did my training to teach Pilates never with the intention to teach it was purely for myself and long story short, was working full time in finance. Threw that in. I was given, I don't know, 30 hours a week of teaching for someone that was going on maternity leave. So I literally was like thrown into self-employed life. <laughs> and that was five and a half years ago. If I hadn't hurt my back and been curious about it, no way would I be living the life that I live now. And it's, it's one thing that I love when I teach people. And I don't do a huge amount of Pilates teaching because life's just gone in different directions, but is actually tri- like working with people to trust their bodies and see this as a, your body is just trying to protect you and keep you safe. And looking back with my back, I noticed that I always hurt it when I was really stressed. I was really run down. I was so exhausted I like felt like I literally had the whole world on my shoulders and I wasn't listening to what I needed and that was to stop and chill out. Like I was running at 10,000 miles an hour because it felt like I had to and doing nothing or like taking a slower route felt wrong because I was taught through, you know, society, education, like literally everything. You have to work really hard. So I would work really hard and then my back would be like, no, <laughs> like, if you're not going to stop, I'm going to stop you. 
So I feel like the whole anxious thing is, okay, well, from that, if I hadn't been feeling, you know, anxious or whatever, yeah, I wouldn't have this business. Like, it's how can we reframe it rather than see everything as a problem? The bit you were saying around society you know tells us we have to work hard we have to work long hours we have to give our all we've got to work at you know 10,000 yeah. miles an hour whatever yeah. it is and I've been there and I have back problems and they tend to yeah. arise when I'm you know acting like a whirling dervish and you mm-hmm. know, life is just yeah. like insane and I think I don't know whether there's a question in this but it's is there's a frustration but I guess an acknowledgement that we have to go through this process of it all goes wrong you know we collapse we have high anxiety we have really bad backs we are really ill so we have to spend you know weeks in bed Mm -hmm. and I find it slightly frustrating that we we have to go through this process of collapse almost to then build ourselves back up I mean how I've described it is that what happens to you you go through this or you have been through a yeah and you've had to rebuild I have and exactly the same as you it's what I have always believed but how much of that is just a belief that I think that you have to hit rock bottom to get something I do believe that there's like the opposites like the light and the dark the happiness and the sad like you're not gonna know what the light of day is like if you don't know what the dark of night is like I feel it's more to do with how we respond when we're in those places. So when things do feel hard, do we just beat ourselves up and we're like, well, I should know better, I should do this? Or how much self-compassion can we give ourselves? And I think that is, for me, the answer to pretty much everything is self-compassion. I mean... (laughs) If you were in my head, you would laugh at the conversations I have with myself. But it's anxiety, that pain, you know, whatever the pain is, whether it's physical, mental, the more we try and push it away, I believe the stronger it comes back. And my analogy with that is, you know, imagine that you've got small children or a small child. You go out for a coffee with a friend and you say to them, off you go and play, you know, go and play. I'm going to have my coffee now. So the kid goes off. And it comes back, I don't know, 10 minutes later, like, can you come and play? Or, you know, it's, it wants a little bit of interaction from you. But you're like, no, too busy, having a coffee, go play. So it goes off and it comes, like, and it just keeps, like, going away, coming back, going away. And every time you're too busy to, it doesn't have to be anything big, but just acknowledge that child's coming back. So it keeps, like, toing and froing, toing and froing. You're getting more and more irritated with it. And then this child comes back and has an almighty breakdown and you're like oh my god you know you're so badly behaved who are you you're so rude can't you see that I'm out for a friend with a friend having a coffee I mean I don't have kids but this is kind of like the way that I see it and yeah you see you know you, this child is just breaking down in front of you maybe like the first second time it came up to you you just had a little conversation I'm here with a friend you know your friend's there playing I will either fully acknowledge you now, I guess that would be the ideal answer, but maybe coming to an agreement with the child of, okay, I'm having a coffee for an hour. Later on, we will do X, Y, Z. That kid isn't going to keep coming back. And I feel like 
that child is the back pain, that child is the anxiety, we just suppress it and we suppress it and we suppress it. And I wonder, and I was thinking about this yesterday, and I'd be really interested to hear anyone's view on this. Like, we say depression, but is it actually suppression? Is it, and I'm like, no doctor, no psychologist, anything like that. Is it the more that we push stuff down, the heavier it feels? I don't know the answer to that. That's just the way that I see it. And from my own experience, the more I have suppressed stuff, the heavier I have felt. Yeah, I think you're right. I think of periods of my life where I don't know if I've never had been clinically diagnosed with depression, but mm-hmm. when I have felt a weight and it is it's like a it is a physical feeling. It's you know, yeah. it's either on your shoulders or in your stomach or wherever it sits. But I think you're right is that the reason why I have felt so blue or down is because I haven't firstly probably acknowledged that there's a problem and mm-hmm. I've put it back into where yeah. I hope it ever comes out again. But also yeah. I've never or in those situations, I've never fronted up to anybody and said, Look, I'm a bit unhappy right now. Yeah. And so again I just package it up and eventually it comes to a, a point where you're like, right this is this is a point where I actually I can't hide this anymore because it's so big that maybe it's yeah. suppression yeah wow there's your book title <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'd love to write a book that is on the list yeah I just yeah for my like like yourself I've never been clinically depressed but the times that I have felt really heavy and down when I have felt brave enough vulnerable vulnerable enough trusting enough supported enough and gone to those places and I've just started to lift them out like in a really gentle way it's not like a deep dive that like you can leave it at any point I think is what I'm trying to say like you if it gets too much you just take a step back for a little bit until you feel ready to go there again yeah just the lightness it's such a beautiful feeling I interviewed somebody a while ago and she said that everybody should be in therapy and I don't necessarily agree with that but I agree with everybody should have that avenue to have therapeutic conversations whether it's with themselves although I think having a third party does help somebody completely independent and I do think that letting out whatever is sat inside that weight is so important and particularly when just talking about the subject of this is around confidence if you are feeling underconfident and all those different descriptions and reasons why I mean there's just you know a plethora of those it's got to help to be in therapy or have therapeutic mm-hmm. conversations with people I, mean, I don't even know it has to be conversations because I mean I love to talk evidently it's my way yeah and I but actually more I love to write so my way of releasing stuff is to write it and I love to write it as if it's for someone else I've got a friend who her outlet is art she expresses any whatever emotion is through her art so I feel it's that going back to actually what is it what is your way of it's not even escaping from it but just that outlet in a safe supported way therapy I've like been to therapy, it completely changed my life. I went because I felt anxious and then the peels were like, uh, the layers of the unwind were just like peel back and peel back. And I 
again, I met myself at a level and went to places that I actually didn't even realize I had to go to because they were so suppressed, like so, so suppressed over years and years and years, things from my childhood that I remember saying to this guy, Steve, who I was going to therapy with, like, I literally thought I was going to come for a month and be fixed. I think by where. But again, being fixed is implying that there's something wrong with mm. us. And, and also whole, it implies is there is a, an end to it. And I think you yeah. can never be fully fixed. I mean, let's use that term. There's never an end to your development and your understanding of yourself. Yeah. So being fixed would imply, you know, you're, you're, you've mm. got to the end and that's it. Like you say, you've yeah. been, something was wrong with you initially but you never stop I don't think and I think you're a really good example of that because you know we talked in May and things were very very different for you you. and now through your curiosity and your learning and your growth and just generally just finding out what's going on with you and the world you're here now in a totally different space totally different space (laughs) yeah and it is it is the curiosity I sometimes feel I need to hold back a little bit on the curiosity because <laughs> I can go into, I mean, I could just spend days reading things, journaling, working them out, like checking in with how I feel and all the like somatics behind it. I just, it really excites me because I'm like, oh, okay. Well, if a year ago, well, a year ago, if someone said to me, you'll be on a couple of podcasts this year, I would have laughed in someone's face. Like it felt well, not even impossible. It just was not a thing. And now I I went into a coffee shop this morning and I, um, the girl behind the counter was so sweet. And she's like, you know, what are you doing today? I was like, well, I've been for a walk. I'm just going to a Pilates class. And I, again, it felt maybe the shame of like, I'm going on a podcast. Like, who am I to think that anyone wants to hear what I say? Like, but I said it to her. I was like, yeah, I'm going on a podcast. She was like, wow that's amazing I was like oh actually yeah that is really cool isn't it like to be able to share what I feel and my view on things and if it supports one person in maybe being a bit more curious or well and you know it's going to help everyone in different ways and I walked out the coffee shop like oh my gosh you're a totally different person to just again own that this is a really cool thing that I just do not oh my god like look at those people who go on podcasts like who are they which is what I would have previously thought so again that's the shift no one has given me confidence coaching on how to do it no one has told me how to go on one I have re-educated myself on or re-educated myself from you have no voice to you have got a voice and that is something I'm thinking about and I'm like that is amazing because then any like why can't anyone do it I used to always think it was other people other people go on podcasts other people write books other people do this other people do whatever it is and I'm like oh okay if I actually just listen to what I need and I'm really curious with myself I can so totally be that person and so can literally anybody. And go back to the shadow, which brought us together. I mean, that's that's yeah. a really important thing. We are talking because of your shadow, I suppose. Yeah. Do you still think you've got some work to do on that? Um, I feel like going back to what you said, there will always be something. 
things are always going to come up that trigger me because I'm a human. And think like, and I think it's very struggle that we all call it work. Like I'm working on my shadow because to me, work is as you know, you go back to school, like you finish your workbook and it's done. And work feels quite heavy. My shadow is part of me. It's never going to go. It's just embracing it. It's accepting myself for who I am right now. On what's say Tuesday morning at whatever time it is, I will be in a different mood at three o'clock tomorrow afternoon, and something might come up that triggers me. Then it's continuous, and I think that's where the suppression goes to is things do always come up it might not be feeling anxious it might be one thing that I found is I get almost overexcited which is great but then I kind of crash down so it's noticing this morning I was like I'm stuck I'm almost too overexcited today one I probably shouldn't call it too overexcited like this is where I am but it doesn't feel very helpful to me right now so just kind of sitting with that and being like what's going on here so it's all it's always going to be there I mean the day it's not there I feel like we won't be here (laughs) like night and day we need night and day we need our shadow we need the light and what's next for you what's what's on your horizon oh what is next um so this boot camp that I've started I, I started it because I wanted to work out outside early in the morning so me being me just started a new business to do that and I thought you know a couple of people will join it will pay for a PT a couple of times a week we're now up to eight classes a week about to go to 10 and I've just been given a heads up of a new location that we can use and I've just been spoken to another PT so like that's just completely growing which is really exciting what else I've always not always, but the last couple of years I've done a bit of coaching and my shadow has been so big there. Again, it's like, who am I to do this, do that? But that is something that I am so passionate about. So passionate. So that will hugely ramp up. And actually a huge thing I think is just really enjoying life. It's very easy to answer that question as I've noticed I've just done with work. Like work is going to go like this, work is going to... And it's like, work is great. I love what I do. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. It's so easy to focus on work. Like, must work hard. Whereas, actually, I'm like, I'd quite like to learn to sail. Why don't I just, maybe not coming up, it's going into winter soonish. But, like, you know, why don't I work with that? Let's go and have more fun. And I love creating things. Like, using my hands, making things. Like, that is my happy place. I need more of that in my life. So actually, maybe I'm not even maybe like I'm going more in that direction of work smart, not hard. And then have way, way, way more time for like fun and play. So what's your one piece of advice? And whilst we wrap this conversation up, what's your one piece of advice for women who want to maybe understand how their shadow is operating for them and how they can move it into the light? I would... Oh, there's so many answers. Feeling safe and supported, I feel is a huge, at least when you start doing it, 
is a huge place to go. Yeah, feeling safe and supported, I would say, is more important than the actual doing because it is a really vulnerable place to be. There's no denying that <laughs> it's not self-compassion. Prime example, went to a Pilates class earlier, covered in mirrors everywhere. And I, I mean, I'm so used to teaching in front of loads of mirrors that I don't really bat an eyelids, but I noticed myself on the reformer, a bit kind of tangled up. When I saw my bum, I was like, oh my God, it's huge. And then I was like, no, let's be nice. Come on, like, we don't, we don't, why am I shaming myself? So having the self-compassion of, actually, you're all right. <laughs> you know, love what you've got rather than push it down. So self-compassion is huge. And then from there, I feel that you've got a good foundation to meet the parts of yourself that maybe you try and hide from. I bet you're glad then that you didn't throw that book away and then you read it twice. Do you think, yeah, have, you re- have you reread it since? No, I haven't. I've, but I will read it again one day because, again, there'll be so much more to take from it. And you said, you know, you read books a couple of times because you take something different from the second time you read it. So maybe the third and fourth, who knows? We'll have to come back <laughs> after you read your third and fourth. Well, Izzy, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing so much and for being so honest about where you were and where you are now and sharing with us, you know, you've still got work to do, but what's how you tra- sort of not transform because that sounds a bit glib, but you know, what's what's changed for you and and how this one book has really, I don't know, changed you. (laughs) It really has. It's incredible, isn't it? When you, well, how one thing can have such a profound effect. Yeah, well, so once again, thank you so much for being on the show, Izzy, and I probably will get you back when you've read Third and Four, so drop me a note. (laughs) And we'll see (laughs) where your empire building has got to. Um, But just, I, I just love hearing some really great stories of people very honestly and this is why I like the podcast is I don't have people who've perfect and I like people mm-hmm. who actually have real stories to tell because we can all learn from them we can all through we can feel part of ourselves in these stories and that's why I love having yeah. people like you on so thank you so much oh my pleasure thank you so much for having me it's just been amazing